For those who say, I don't vote for the party, I vote for the person. We say the person is the party. What's the difference between the two major political parties? This is Bob Boyd. And Jerry Boyd. This is Issues in Education. This upcoming election is the most important midterm election in our lifetime. There's more on the ballot than choices of candidates. For those who say, I don't vote for the party, I vote for the person. We say the person is the party. The person governs, for the most part, according to their party platform. So do you know the difference between the two party platforms? Here's a cut of Senator Tom Cotton asking if voters really know why we have such high unemployment, high gas prices, high food prices, high crime, and open borders with more than 5 million illegal aliens storming across the border, invading our country. What you see is decline by design. This is exactly what the Democrats wanted. Why is inflation up 13%? Why does gas cost 4 to $5 a gallon? Why are you having trouble paying your utility bills? Why are your food bills so high? It's because Joe Biden and other Democrats promised to eliminate fossil fuels, the source of so much of our prosperity. It literally powers our economy. Why do we have 5 million illegal aliens entering this country in the last two years? Because Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and all those other Democrats opened our border. Why do the Democrats weaken our military in their office, constrain us with crazy international treaties? It's because they don't want a strong, sovereign America leading the free world. These are not things that are accidents. They're not mishaps. They're not bad luck or misfortune. This is their deliberate choices. They want to weaken the sources of American power because they think a strong America is bad for our country and, more importantly, in their eyes, bad for the world. Why does our military have such trouble recruiting new people? Is it to break our military might as a nation? No question. That's been the consistent theme you've seen with Democrats, especially Obama and his understudy Joe Biden. Joe Biden and his administration are trying to identify the causes of this recruiting crisis. All you have to do is look at the debacle in Afghanistan, the foolish vaccine mandates, the radical gender ideology indoctrination sessions. These are the reasons why we're struggling to recruit young Americans to join our military. Kids don't join the military to learn how to use the right pronouns. They learn how to kill the bad guys, and they don't think that that's going to happen right now. Senator Tom Cotton is absolutely right. Kids don't join the military to learn politically correct pronouns like calling a masculine woman a man. They join the military not to be pawns in changing our culture with radical gender confusion. They join the military to fight the enemy. Just look at the corrupt commander-in-chief who left all those citizens stranded in Afghanistan and turned them over to terrorists. Yeah, he didn't care much about his fellow American citizens then, and he didn't care much about us here when he eliminated the southern border and shut down America's oil production by shutting down the Keystone Pipeline to intentionally raise the price of gas due to the green Marxists in Congress. Some people wonder why we're seeing this nationwide lawlessness in mostly Democrat-run cities. Newt Gingrich is a former Speaker of the House, historian, and author of Defeating Big Government Socialism and Saving America's Future. What is it about this Democrat Party that spawns lawlessness? The policies they believe in, putting criminals back on the street, tolerating massive drug abuse, having a system where the schools don't teach but spend lots of hours worried about what your race is and what your use of pronouns is, I mean, go down the list. This is a theological fight, 
These people believe in an alternative world. It's not a political fight. It's not between left-wing traditional Americans and right-wing traditional Americans. This is between people who really believe in a radically different world, and they would change America decisively, 100%. This isn't just about one incompetent president or a handful of incompetent governors or congressmen. This is about a value system. It's very wrong, and we have to defeat it both at the idea level, the ballot box. So schools have become political activist training centers focusing on gender and race instead of grammar and basic American history. It's a theological fight between radical Marxists versus patriot Americans. Not just about our incompetent president or incompetent congressman. It's a worldview war, a spiritual war. Well, we have to recognize that either the people who believe in the classic America of hard work, the Constitution, the rule of law, patriotism, either that side is going to win or they're going to lose to a militant minority who are prepared to use the power of government to impose on the rest of us a radical value system. It's not just in schools, but this whole spreading of what I think is a secular religion, that the liberal ideology had become a liberal theology. And I think that's the case. I think you're dealing with people who are fanatics precisely because it's a religious belief system. That's right. Newt Gingrich is right. The liberal ideology has become the liberal theology. The liberal ideology has become liberal theology. It's either God's standards or man's standards will prevail. So to defeat inflation, get this, the Democrats in Congress and the Biden administration spent trillions of dollars more that would cause more inflation, just the opposite of what would slow down inflation. I don't think they have a clue what causes inflation. They are part of a religious cult about energy. So it's better to go to Saudi Arabia than it is to go to Texas. It's better to go to Iran than it is to go to Oklahoma. And it's better to go to Venezuela than it is to go to western Pennsylvania or eastern Ohio. Why would an American president prefer oil and gas from anywhere as long as it's not America? And why would you take oil out of the American strategic reserve and send a million barrels to China to a company that your son, Hunter Biden, happens to have a relationship with? At 9.1% inflation, people can't afford what's being done to their paycheck, what's happening to their savings. Kamala Harris can be glib about it. Everything she needs is taken care of by the government. She wants the rest of us to somehow economize while they keep spending more and more money on their allies, the unions, the big cities, and illegal immigrants, all of whom now, of course, get a free cell phone, because after all, you wouldn't want them to be in America without a cell phone. So we're now giving illegal immigrants a free cell phone. You can't make this stuff up. Giving illegals free cell phones makes a lot of sense. Forgiving college tuition debt for those who majored in gender studies, while hardworking Americans have to pay for their loans that they didn't pay for. It's not right. Giving illegals medical care, education for their kids, while the rest of us have to pay for it. But this nonsense has to stop. And the way to do it is at the ballot box. President Joe Biden, the most powerful man on earth controlling the American military and all the branches of the federal government, including the FBI, the CIA, Homeland Security, and now 87,000 new armed IRS agents to intimidate, harass, and jail enemies of the state.
Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. And that is a threat to this country. Joe Biden said that Trump and his supporters, who he calls MAGA Republicans, that is, make America great again, Republicans, are an extremist threat to the very foundations of our nation. And he uses threats like suggesting that any conservative uprising would be dealt with, just as he said, if you want to go against his radical regime, you'd better know he commands the Air Force. It'd be like using a pistol against an F-15. For those brave right-wing Americans who say, it's all about keeping America's independent and safe. If you want to fight against a country, you need an F-15. You need something a little more than a gun. No, I'm not joking. Think about this. No, Biden is not joking. The commander-in-chief is not joking. It's a clear threat that he will use the military. Dan Bongino served as a Secret Service agent for 10 years. I mean, he's calling you a threat to the republic. His words, not mine. The guy's turning into a dictator right in front of your eyes if we're not there already you are a threat to the republic he uses his words very carefully it's not an accident this was not an extemporaneous speech off the cuff these words were written and vetted through multiple people in the white house and were put in there very purposefully the only way you handle threats to the republic is imprisonment or death can you imagine a more perilous situation And then the commander-in-chief in in charge of our military, our DOJ, our FBI, talking like this to 45 to 50 percent of America. We the people have given away our freedoms. At one time, our government was of the people, by the people, and for the people. But now it's becoming a tyrannical government similar to Germany in the late 1930s. So writes our guest John Whitehead, author of Battlefield America, The War on the American People. John Whitehead is president of the Rutherford Institute. John Whitehead has been a constitutional attorney for 40 years and he is warning us of what's coming. John Whitehead, what do you see in this picture? Well, I see the future when I look at it. I see how people can be manipulated, snooping on everything we're doing from our bank records to the technology that's coming. Right now, we're following the blueprint of Nazi Germany. We're in a transition stage where we're going to move into a pretty bad time. So I fear for the children growing up today. If you have grandchildren, it's time to fear for them. The first category that the Nazis rounded up was what they called asocials. These would be today politically incorrect people. It was anybody that did anything the government didn't like. John, it creeps me out because I could see that happening today. Even It's already happening. Something's pushing this system. It's a philosophy. It's a philosophy of total government, total control. With the drone technology that's coming where drones will have lasers, tasers, a scanning device where they can cover over your home and see exactly what you're doing in your home and fly off. The country can be locked down in 48 hours with the militarized police and the technology. And with the emergence of robots, and they've already got robotic policemen that could be used in this country, where you'd be dealing with a robot. And the American people are the enemy combatants to be spied on, tracked, scanned, and locked up and denied due process. So the bottom line is that we have an army inside this country to subdue the American people. The Department of Homeland Security announced that they were purchasing, they were having them made specially for them, 1.6 million hollow point bullets, which expand on contact. If you saw John Kennedy, the film made of him when his head flies off the back of his head, that's from a hollow point bullet. Social Security Administration, Department of Education all have hollow point bullets, but they all have SWAT teams as well. But you have a well-stocked army, some with hollow point bullets, helicopters. So it's basically psychological warfare. It's how to control in the event of an uprising. The American people could rebel, could get tired of what they're seeing, and they're going to be ready for it. And let me tell you, folks, 
they are going to be ready for it. Okay, does that have anything to do with the FEMA camps? Yeah, I've been told by former Secret Service agents that most of them have been built on military installations. These are especially for sudden influx of immigration or for the development of the new programs. That's the troublesome phrase. Well, in the 1940s, the federal government labeled Japanese Americans as potential threats and put them into camps, these internment camps, or as you call them, concentration camps. And the courts ruled in the Korematsu, public safety trumped the personal liberties. We've seen these concentration camps in America before. Oh yeah, and the Department of Homeland Security issued three memos. If you advocated states' rights, you were concerned about FEMA camps, simply being a returning veteran, you could be an extremist. What bothered me about the memos, the word extremist and terrorist were used interchangeably. So an extremist equals terrorist. So Operation you... Vigilant Eagle, by the way, focuses on veterans, so there's a paranoia in the government about returning veterans. Why? Do they think they're dangerous? They're well-trained. They can shoot. We defended a fellow named Brandon Robb, 26-year-old Marine. He was at home on a Saturday morning. He heard a weird noise outside. She so ran up and looked outside. Eight vehicles at his house. He saw cops running toward the house and people in plain clothes. I wondered what they were doing. They came to the door and he said, what's up? And they said, sir, could you step outside? Well, he steps outside. He had no shirt on. He just got through jogging. And they said, we're concerned about your Facebook post. He had posted some anti-Obama Facebook posts saying Obama should be imprisoned for his executive orders. They arrested him immediately, hands behind his back, slammed him against the fence and lacerated his back. He said it was bleeding very badly. He got to the police station. His mother was freaking out. She called everybody. She finally got a hold of us at the Rutherford Institute. So I called the police chief. I said, what crime did he commit? He said, he didn't commit any crime. We're just concerned about his Facebook post. He had a five-minute examination in jail cell with a psychiatrist who basically said his 9-11 truther ideas made him crazy. He had a short hearing. They put him in a mental hospital. We filed a lawsuit and got him out. There are 1.5 million of those that happen each year. They're called civil commitments. 1.5 million a year, people disappear into insane asylum. 1.5 million. That's amazing. In America. You never hear about it. You don't hear about it, but it looks like our freedoms have been squashed. We used to have these First Amendment freedoms of religion, of speech, of assembly, and that's all gone now. It's gone. What about that mega database? I mean, is everybody really being watched? All the emails, all the cell phone calls, everything? Yeah. NSA, National Security Agency, admits to downloading almost 2 billion emails daily of American citizens, about 500 million text messages. They hack into approximately 160,000 Facebook pages on a daily basis. They also have Google Voice. It makes a voice print of you when you're talking on your phone. They know everything. It's anything electronic. They know what's in your bank account. Everything. NSA, you wrote, collects 5 billion records on cell phone data every day. Yep. And yet, of course, Hillary Clinton's emails are unavailable. But Well, we're treated differently. Big Brother knows who our friends are, our religious and political affiliations, but they're the only one of many agencies. The CIA, FBI, DHS, and DEA all have all this information on us. All of a sudden, the dots begin to come into focus. Yep. Those people going to the concentration camp, many of them were in the concentration camp for, listening to foreign radio broadcasts. That was against the law. Neighbors would report them. In 1938, Hitler was Time Magazine Man of the Year. In 1939, Hitler was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. People forget that the Nazis came into power in a Democrat nation. The vast majority of Germans voted for the Nazi party. Yes, he was very popular. Hitler was going to make things better. Groups that want to go out and protest, they do their text messages, emails. Well, guess who's reading those emails and text messages? The NSA, FBI. The FBI actually reads the stuff, goes in before the protest, meets with the people to intimidate them. A lot of time, they never go out and protest. We had a talk show host making statements, it's time to get here and get active. He went home the night he was saying that, it's time to protest. He had a little plastic thing hanging around his door that said, FBI, we need an interview. He called us. We backed the FBI off. But folks, if you're an activist, they're watching 
watching you, but I'm an activist. I don't care. Either you believe in freedom or you don't. If you don't, then go home, put your head in the sand. But many of the people had their head in their sand in Nazi Germany wound up in the concentration camps. They never thought it would happen to them. Adolf Eichmann, the Nazi bureaucrat who helped organize Hitler's death camps and the Holocaust, he was not a blood-sucking monster. He was a pencil-pushing bureaucrat who was just yep. following orders. Yep. They were just ordinary people doing their job. They weren't like, I'm a monster. I just want to go out and do mean things. These guys that were putting the Jews into the gas chambers later that night, they wouldn't drink or smoke or dance because they didn't want to sin. We're yeah. just doing their job gassing the Jews. Philip K. Dick got into the diaries of some of the Nazi soldiers. He quoted one who said that he had trouble sleeping at night because he could hear the cries in the camps from the children and the women. It wasn't that he was upset that they were there. He just wanted to go to sleep. What, what kind of person thinks like that? Yeah, because, you know, even in Nazi Germany, they lost their conscience. Sad, sad story. They go into these shower rooms. They look up and they realize there's no water coming out. And there were people above that were to dump this cyanide, pour the crystals down the vents, and then they would laugh. And the crystals would be poured through the openings, which were then sealed. And then all these little people, these little naked prisoners just started screaming. How can you do that? Conscience was seared at that point. Yes, what Christ taught in the New Testament, yes. mercy, loving kindness, we've lost. If we don't get that back, you're not seeing it taught in the schools. So the major part of the population is not seeing any of that stuff. SWAT teams were doing a raid of a neighborhood. They went into the home of a guy named Jose Guerrero, who was a decorated Marine. They bashed into the home in the middle of the night at 3 a.m. in the morning. Again, he was a decorated Marine. He shoved his wife and kid in the closet. He thought it was burglars. They smashed in down the hallway, and there's Jose Guerrero standing at the end of the hall. It was the only thing he has is hunting rifle. The police see him and shoot 70 times. Hit him 50. He's there bleeding to death on his floor, and his wife is begging for the medics to watch him. The police push the medics back. He bleeds to death on his own floor. The police said he fired at him, but the safety never came off his weapon. But here's the scary thing. None of it's being reported in the media, so people don't know what's going on. Because the media doesn't cover these cases, there's no outrage when, for example, a Minnesota SWAT team raided the wrong house in the middle of the night, handcuffed the three young children, held the mother on the floor at gunpoint, shot the family dog, are you kidding? And forced the handcuffed children to sit next to the carcass of their dead dog and their beloved bloody pet for an hour. Yep, they always shoot the dogs. Before you do surveillance on an American citizen on the Fourth Amendment, you have to have probable cause, which means some evidence of a crime, which means everything the NSA doing is illegal. You can't enter a home with a SWAT team like they're doing. So what they've done to the Constitution in this country, they've thrown it in the toilet and they've flushed it down away. It's gone. Department of Homeland and security running around with 1.6 million hollow point bullets, which they can blow your head off with. I mean, I'm a former infantry officer. We weren't allowed to use them. If the FBI shows up to your door, I'm saying, hey, call us. Don't dialogue with the FBI. If the police knock on your door and they don't have a warrant, ask them for a warrant. Learn your rights, your right to free speech, your right to own a weapon, your right to not have armed troops in your home. My favorite image of Jesus is with a whip in his hand. That was an activist Jesus, which got him in a lot of trouble. He was an activist. Prayer is very important, but prayer without activism, Amen. you got to say, listen, I'm fed up with this stuff. Jesus basically told Pontius Pilate to get lost. Yeah, go onward, Christian soldier. <laughs> Keep fighting, okay? Amen. Our guest, the president of the Rutherford Institute, John Whitehead, the author of Battlefield America, The War on the American People. 
Our guest is famed constitutional attorney Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Matt, we got your email alert that said GOP approves most conservative platform in history. Why is this so important? Well, it's very important because it shows the strength of the conservative, pro-life, religious freedom values of the leadership of the GOP. It is the most conservative, the most pro-life, the most pro-marriage. But listen to this. On marriage, it says, We do not accept the Supreme Court's redefinition of marriage, and we urge its reversal, the pro-life platform. We oppose the use of public funds to perform or promote abortion or to fund organizations like Planned Parenthood. That is very strong, the broadest pro-life platform that we've ever had in the history of this country, going all the way back to Ronald Reagan, as strong as he was. We didn't have a platform like this. Boy, that's amazing because the Democrat platform is just about the opposite. That's right. A comparison between the Republican and the Democratic Party platform. Abortion is core. The ability to kill your child is core to your well-being. What about the unborn child? There's no mention of that here. They want you and I and every other taxpayer to be complicit in human genocide by taking our hard-earned dollars to organizations like Planned Parenthood that kill innocent children. That's why this election is so important. We're not talking about just a popularity contest. We're choosing our future. We're choosing a whole system of government. You're right. The debate over when life begins, it's no longer a debate. It's well settled. The only question is, what value do you put on that life? And it's the same question that happened back in Nazi Germany. There was no question that these people were human beings, but they devalued them to the point where they were able to, in their mind, just completely expel them, expend them, torture them, and experiment upon them. We're looking at literally the future of America. There are two different worldviews. One will take us down a road of destruction. One party favors abortion, the other favors life. One favors homosexual rights, the other religious freedom. What we have here with these two platforms is the difference as you said, between light and darkness, between good and evil. This platform of the Democratic Party is not the platform of the Democrats of yesteryear. When it comes down to the core values, there's a stark difference. So when a party adopts a Romans 1 platform, think about that, adopts a Romans 1 platform where you reject the Creator and you worship the created thing, God gives you up to a confused, reprobate mind. And as a result of that, you engage in certain kinds of sins that are self destructive, one of which is same-sex relationships. That's what the party platform is of the Democratic Party. And they don't care about religious freedom. They will force this radicalization of the destruction of human life, LGBT, and everything else onto the American people. And religious freedom will be taking a back seat. Not just a back seat. Not just discriminated against, but you'll see actual persecution. Persecution doesn't just happen overnight. You go back into Nazi Germany and what happened there. Didn't just all of a sudden happen where they had these gas chambers and these experiments without anesthesia, they began to stigmatize the Jews. They dehumanized the Jews. They began to prohibit them from public employment. They targeted them, and they isolated them, and then they eventually put them in ghettos, and before you know it, they're in gas chambers. That's what happens. That's what's exactly happening now with the LGBT agenda, where it's stigmatizing, isolating, discriminating against, prohibiting people from public employment, like take away your licenses, whether you're a counselor or whatever you might be if you don't toe the line. We need to regain that moral authority. That's what makes America great. It's that Judeo-Christian foundation. And when we destroy that foundation, we ultimately destroy who America is. That's right. When people forget God, then all hell breaks loose. Psalms 9, a nation that forgets God is turned into hell. In fact, John Adams, the second president, says our Constitution's made 
appropriate only for a religious and moral people. It's wholly inadequate for the government of any other. Why? Because you have to have people that are moral, that understand and respect right and wrong and human dignity. Where do they get those teachings and that morality, that self-restraint, the self-government capability? They get it from the teachings of particularly Christianity. Christianity teaches people the values that ultimately make this republic work. So he says whoever labors to subvert those twin pillars cannot be called a true American. They are unpatriotic. They are anti-American. Okay, Matt, in conclusion then, we have a crucial turning point election. Yeah, let me say this. Voting, it is a prophetic witness to the community, and we will be held accountable for that. As you believe on Sunday, you must actually act and do on Tuesday at the ballot box, and God will hold us accountable. We are the government. We the people, and we the people will be held accountable for our actions or inactions, and you can't run from that choice. That choice is yours, and you and I will be held accountable for it. Well Well said. said. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing a great work there, Matt. We appreciate you, brother. Our guest has been Matt Staver, founder of Liberty Council. There are massive forces on the left with big government, big media, as well as all the powers of evil and hell. But our God is greater than all of them. But God works through his people. So the idea is for those who don't vote or vote for the wrong person, they have no reward for their investment. Earthly acts have eternal rewards for your work on behalf of the kingdom of God, and that includes voting. If you would like a CD copy of today's program, please ask for number 1805, Freedom is on the Ballot, Part 2. That's number 1805, Freedom is on the Ballot, Part 2. The CD also includes last week's program, Part 1. You can order a CD copy of this program from our website. Our website is issuesineducation.org. That's issuesineducation.org. Please give us a call at 928-776-0000. That's 928-776-0000. From Isaiah 61, verse 1, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me to proclaim liberty to the captives. For Issues in Education, this has been Bob and Jerry Boyd.